Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I am Sam Rosenberg. Today is Friday, June 29th, 2018. I've been uh, I've been away from the mic for a couple of weeks. Thanks everybody for letting me uh, take some time off. I went and saw some family, took a little bit of a vacation, went to the beach, got some sun. It was uh, it was really lovely, and um, you know it was it was I needed some time off, and it was a much needed vacation. So thank you for letting me go dark for a couple of weeks. But listen, sports news is now a three sixty five seven days a week twenty four seven. Uh, situation, so I can't really be gone too go- uh, too long without you know stuff happening. Um, before the last time I was on the mic, the NBA Finals were still taking place. I thought the Warriors were going to win in five. Turns out it was a four game sweep. Um, you know, in a way, somewhat anticlimactic. You know, it was not the most explosive of a of a victory for the Warriors. It's it felt like a foregone conclusion. Once, I mean. Listen, even after game two, it you know, looking at LeBron James's effort in game two, after we saw what happened in game one with the J.R. Smith gaffe, where pretty much that game one was the game that they needed to steal in Golden State, and when they didn't, it kind of felt like the wheels came off the wagon for the Cavaliers. Uh, Kevin Durant was the finals MVP. There seemed to be a discussion whether it should be he or Steph Curry. Listen, I think they both played very, very well, but Durant far and away was dominant throughout the entire series, you know, whereas Steph Curry had three three great games and then one game where he was sort of off, and that was kind of the decision maker between who got the MVP and who didn't. Um, LeBron is now dealing with another situation where he has an early exit from the NBA Finals, and though as prestigious as his eight-year straight run in the Finals is, you know, he is now looking officially at a 3-6 and six record in the NBA Finals, and LeBron doesn't like to lose. I think that is certainly one thing that he has in common with uh, Michael Jordan. I think he's probably a little better at taking losses than Michael Jordan is, but um, LeBron doesn't like to lose. And so now, we're in a situation with free agency, okay? So we're hip-deep in free agency. Today is the final opt-in, opt-out day for all of the player options. So everybody's been waiting to see what the hell LeBron James was going to do. And uh, big fucking surprise, he opted out of his deal. So there's a very strong chance he's going to be leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers. If he was going to stay with Cleveland, he probably would have just opted into the deal, kept it as is, and continued moving. There's no reason to think that he can't still sign another deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers. However, considering what happened in the finals last year, considering the growing speculation that he's not going to want to wait around for this Cavaliers team to kind of rebuild again, they're looking for him to move. And, you know, a lot of the big uh, options that have come up have been, I mean, the biggest one on everybody's lips is the Lakers. Uh, You know, LeBron has a lot of assets and a lot of future business ventures in Los Angeles. His family and his sons uh, live in Los Angeles. He he bought a second multi-million dollar home in Los Angeles. So there's this feeling that there are all these signs pointing towards the Lakers. However, if he goes to the Lakers, he's going to the Western Conference, which is a tougher conference than the Eastern Conference. He's playing for a team that really doesn't have anybody. You know, whereas the idea of him going to, say, Houston and joining other superstars seems to be an option. Same thing with going to the Philadelphia 76ers, joining Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. This idea of him kind of having one more chapter in his career where he joins another super team and chases a title. If he goes to the Lakers, there's a very real chance they're going to be rebuilding. Now, 
let's not just talk about LeBron James, let's also talk about Kawhi Leonard. The situation between he and the Spurs has completely deteriorated. Um, At this point, I don't know what the hell happened, but he wants out of San Antonio, and they're fielding calls. So now we get into a situation where the Lakers might try to get Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James. The Sixers are trying to do the same thing. They're all putting together trade packages for the Spurs to see if they can get Kawhi Leonard, because there is a feeling that if they can get Kawhi Leonard, that might be enough of a draw to bring LeBron James to the team. Now, another wild card that I got to throw in here is Paul George. Paul George officially opted out of his contract with the Thunder. He will not be returning. He's officially a free agent. Paul George has been linked with the Lakers for a long time. Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka, as the, this is really one of their first new you know, seasons. I mean, last season was their first front office season, but this is where they're actually trying to chase big name free agents. I mean, Magic Johnson has even come out and said that if they don't get a big big name free agent this offseason, that they've done something wrong. So the Lakers are clearly in the mix. There's been a lot of discussion about the Boston Celtics trying to get a piece of Kawhi Leonard as well. Um, although news came out today from Danny Ainge, he's saying that it's probably not going to happen. I have a feeling the Spurs are asking for a lot for Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, considering you might get into a situation with Paul George where you trade the farm for a guy who's going to opt out next year, that's the same situation with Kawhi. He's got two more years on his deal. He's got next year, and then he's got a player option. So teams like, say, the Sixers could trade everything in the kitchen sink for Kawhi Leonard for one year, and then he opts out of his deal and signs wherever the hell he wants. So there is a little bit of, you know, there's a lot of leverage on Kawhi's side for looking for the right situation that he's going to like. Um, all of these pieces are going to play into the next week or so because free agency is going to start at 12.01 July 1st, which is essentially late, late Saturday night. You're going to see a whole bunch of contracts get signed as soon as the clock ticks midnight. And you're going to see a lot of uh, major movements. And really, there's a lot of the league that's waiting for LeBron James to make a decision. He officially is going to choose whatever the hell he wants to do. He's an unrestricted free agent. Wherever the hell he wants to go, the team is going to roll out the red carpet, give him whatever he wants. Um, the Sixers, listen, you know, to, to pivot a little bit and focus on the Sixers right now, because as we've talked a lot before, the Sixers and the Eagles are my true passion here. And, and that's where I keep my focus. So... The Sixers, after this whole Twitter scandal with Brian Colangelo getting, you know, he didn't get fired, but he, you know, the teams mutually agreed to part ways. Um, The Sixers went into the draft with no clear GM. Brett Brown and a few of the other key GM people or front office people were essentially acting as the GM for this draft. They draft Mikhail Bridges with the number 10 pick out of Villanova. It's a very lovely, amazing, heartwarming story. And then, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, while he's literally getting interviewed by ESPN, the Sixers trade him to the Phoenix Suns for the number 16 pick, Zaire Smith, and a future 2021 first-round pick that the Suns got from the Miami Heat unprotected. Now, this is a very savvy move, especially for... You know, nobody knew what Brett Brown was going to do as this sort of interim GM. They certainly didn't think he was going to start wheeling and dealing. This is a wheeling and dealing move. You're getting a guy in Zaire Smith that Brett Brown truly believes is just as valuable to his Sixer team as Mikhail Bridges could have been or would have been. And But at the same time, they're able to move on from Mikhail Bridges, get a guy who they like just as much, get a draft pick for the future, which, listen... That could be a great trade trip, trade chip if they want to go get LeBron James. They could throw that draft pick in. And 
They also save themselves a million dollars in cap space because the number 16 pick is going to garner less salary than the number 10 pick. Pretty savvy move for the Sixers, who are trying to position themselves in a situation where they could try to get Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James. They might lose out on both of them, but they're sure as shit going to try. And as Brett Brown said in his press conference following the um, trade of Mikhail Bridges, he said, listen, we are star hunting or we're star developing. Anybody who thinks that we're going to build this team from the ground up and thinks we can win a championship doesn't know how this league is run. We have got to go out and make a big splash in free agency. So it's very exciting right now to see the Sixers in the midst of all of these trade moves and these free agency moves because, you know, they haven't been a player in years. And now, you know, they make they win 50 games. Simmons and Embiid look like perennial all-stars. I mean, the fact that they could get Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James on this team is, is mind-boggling. And to see what they could do is, I mean, just exciting. It's just very, very exciting to, to think about and to consider. Um, and listen, we're going to see how this shakes out. Personally, my, my opinion, Sam Rosenberg... I mean, it sounds crazy, but I think LeBron James is going to go to the Lakers. I think that um, I think Kawhi. I think they'll probably try to figure out some way to swing a trade for Kawhi with the Spurs, and I think he'll. And I think LeBron will then go with the Lakers. I think you might find Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James on the Lakers next year. It's a little ridiculous to think that, but I mean, I think it could truly happen. Now, where does Paul George go? I don't know because Paul George. I don't think they could get all three of those players. Um, and and if the trade doesn't happen between the Lakers and the Spurs for Kawhi Leonard, then I see the Lakers going after Paul George. So one one way or the other, I feel like the Lakers are going to come out of kind of going to come out with two of those three superstars. That's how I see this shaking out. As exciting as it is to think the Sixers could get one of these guys, it's feeling less and less likely as things unfold. Now, who else the Sixers bring in? Like, are the Sixers going to retain J.J. Redick? Are they going to retain Bellinelli or Ilyasova? I mean, I'm really interested to see how that all shakes out. I think they'll probably keep Redick, maybe for a two- or three-year deal, something like, you know, six or seven. Or I would say maybe eight to ten million, but, you know, again, they don't want to infringe upon their future cap space. So I don't know how much they're going to be willing to open up their checkbook for for J.J. Redick. You know, whereas Bellinelli and Ilyasova were feel-good stories and they brought a lot to the team, there's no reason to think that they can't upgrade from those guys. And it's it's definitely imperative the Sixers try to figure out how the hell to get out from underneath this Jared Bayless contract. He completely worked his way out of the rotation last year, and he's still on the books for another $8 million. And he's another albatross that was hanging around from the Brian Colangelo era. I, I just think that, uh, you know... It's a bit of wishful thinking to think the Sixers are going to get one of these superstars. There's a very real possibility, which is more than I could have said years in the past for the Sixers, but I still just feel like it's a bit of a long shot. Um, So let's see how free agency shakes out. We're going to know soon enough. I mean, it is Friday the 29th. LeBron just opted out. Everything is going to shake out probably within the next week, and I'll be back to talk more about it. Now, for football, it's been interesting because we're into OTAs. We're getting closer and closer to training camp, which is crazy to think about. Um, But we are definitely in the midst of OTAs and injuries and uh, free agent movements. You know, yeah, there's been a lot of people that have been paid serious money. Kirk Cousins got gigantic money. Matt Ryan got gigantic money. And you know what? Aaron Rodgers is waiting around to see what those contracts are so he can then go to his agent and say, hey, I want a new contract and make sure I get the more money than any of these other stupid quarterbacks got. You tell me I'm not. I'm, you tell me I'm going to get paid less than Kirk Cousins. Get the fuck out of here. On the same on the same token, you've got guys like Earl Thomas 
holding out from the Seahawks and deliberately saying, hey, I want to be traded to the Dallas Cowboys. And you got Rob Gronkowski essentially sitting here looking at all these other tight ends, making colossal money where he's still on a deal that he signed back in 2012. And the truth is, he deserves more money. He's not just one of the best tight ends in the league. He's one of the best tight ends ever. But injury situations and these guys getting older and older are putting these teams in situations where it doesn't make the most sense. Like, I mean, football is a not for, it's it's not for long. It's a league which is like, listen, if we don't have to pay you, we're not going to pay you. It's very strange to see sometimes how they choose to treat certain teams, how they choose to treat certain situations. You know, there's moments like with Ryan Shazier where, you know, this guy might never walk again and the Pittsburgh Steelers choose to convert his salary to a, uh, to a signing bonus so he gets all of the money right now and he gets all of his money because the truth is he might never play football again. That's a good deed. It's, it's like a mitzvah on the part of a football team, whereas paying Earl Thomas and Rob Gronkowski, they're not going to do that. They're not going to lock them into big contracts. Same situation with the Rams. They don't want to pay Aaron Donald, but they'll go over and they'll fork over $13 million for one year of Indomitian it, it Sometimes it doesn't always make sense to me, but I mean, don't ever forget, these teams are not in it for the players. They're in it for the bottom line and making money. And as long as we keep watching these games, that's we're going to continue to endorse that type of behavior. I mean, even with the NFL coming out with this stupid national anthem policy issue or, you know, trying to figure out ways to, you know, the Supreme Court just passed a law getting, you know, allowing sports betting. And then the NFL turns right back around and says they want Congress to write rules for them. It's like, you know, they want to have their cake and eat it, too. Uh, and Or we could talk about something crazy like Jameis Winston getting suspended for three games for grabbing the crotch of an Uber driver or Janoris Jenkins' brother being charged with manslaughter after a dead body was found at Janoris Jenkins' house and they're pretty much linking the fact that his brother might have killed this guy. So bad news all around and, you know, the NFL just has ways of taking public relations and just shitting on them and thinking of the worst possible option. Now... Let's just talk about the Eagles before I get the hell out of here, because like I said, the Eagles are really my passion. That's what I'm really thinking about. Um, I am a little worried about the middle linebacker situation, especially after they cut Michael Kendricks and then Paul Warlow was lost to an ACL injury. They just signed him from Detroit, and before he even gets started with his career in the Eagles, he has an ACL tear. He's going to miss the whole season. Who knows if he'll even be back? He's one of those people where it's like, oh, we might not ever even see you in an Eagles jersey. That stinks. Um... I am. I do feel happy that Jordan Hicks is coming back. I mean, he's a great, great middle linebacker on that team who they sorely missed last year in their playoff run. And now I grant, I know they won the Super Bowl, but they still missed him. You know, guys like Joe Wright and Danelle Ellerby had to step in. I mean, this was not ideal. They made it work. But Jordan Hicks coming back is going to give them a major boost in the middle linebacker position. Now the quarterback situation. I don't. I don't think. I mean, listen, Wentz could come back and be ready for week one, but I mean, either way, it's going to be a strange situation because if Wentz is not healthy week one, who's to, who's to say he's going to be that much healthier in week five or week eight? You know, it's, it's sort of a situation where if he's not healthy week one, he might as well redshirt the whole season because then it's sort of like, 
I think it's going it, to – listen, football is a, it's a week-by-week game. If, if he's not ready and Nick Foles starts and the team gets out to a 2-5 and five start, they're going to yank Foles and put Wentz in there. If Foles is rocking and rolling and looking good and Wentz is still, is still pseudo-healthy, could play, but is sort of – listen, if Foles is the hot hand and he starts the season 5-2 and two, – they're not going to take the ball away from him. They're going to let him do whatever they want. he wants to do. And as soon as the first sign of danger shows up, they'll yank him and give the job back to Wentz. I think the best case scenario is if Wentz starts the season. There's a very real chance he can. I know the ACL tear was late in the season last year. He's not even going to be 12 months out from it, but he's a quarterback. And with quarterbacks... You're not running routes the same way. He's not doing 50-yard dashes. He can move around and do things even with a torn ACL. And, I mean, there's a real sense now his mobility will be down. I think you will see that affect his play in the first chunk of the season. But as the season goes on and his knee gets healthier and he feels more comfortable taking hits after having had that injury, I mean, the best-case scenario will probably be if he starts week one. And I think, listen, it all depends on how healthy he feels, but... I mean, I think the Eagles are probably going to try to start him in week one. And if there's any remotely remote chance that he doesn't look healthy or he doesn't look good, I think they're going to put Foles in there. If anything, Foles is going to be the insurance package that's going to allow them to take their time with Wentz. And you know what? They might actually have Wentz sit out the majority of this season. Because if Foles is doing great, this team is winning games, and there's nothing to really, really cause anyone to truly, truly question his play... I think the Eagles will happily let Wentz just sit out and sit out and sit out and maybe pull a Peyton Manning when he won with the Broncos and like bring Wentz back in in week 15 or 16 and let him ride things out. I mean, it really depends on his health and how well Foles plays. Because if he's not healthy and Foles is playing and Foles is bad, Wentz is going to be back quickly. Worst case scenario for, for, for Wentz and this franchise, in, in a way, because all of these are champagne problems, worst case scenario is if uh, Wentz is not healthy, Foles plays, and Foles is really good. That's the worst-case scenario. Because every other situation points to Wentz taking his job back. It points to Wentz either starting the season, having a good season, going into the playoffs, winning the Super Bowl again, or Wentz starting the, the, the season on the bench, Foles having a rough start through the, through the month of September, and Wentz taking the job back. You know, like, all of these things point back to Wentz, but... The worst case is if Wentz stays hurt and Foles actually looks competent because all of a sudden we'll have a quarterback conundrum with this Eagles team. And, you know, listen, again, good problems, but still not anything they want to be dealing with. All right, that's it. I'm, I'm Thank you very much for listening to Sam's Sports Podcast. It's been a while since I've been on the mic, and I need to get back on and talk a little bit about NBA free agency. Listen, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors, third championship in, fourth, in four years. Kudos to you, but I am excited to see somebody else in the finals and actually somebody who can really compete against this Golden State team. It was exciting to see the Rockets actually take them to seven games and to really show that somebody might be able to push the Warriors off the mountaintop. Um, But we'll talk more about that next week. Thanks a lot for tuning in to Sam Sports Podcast. I'm Sam Rosenberg. You can subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Or just email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. But in the meantime, I'm getting out of here. I will see you next week. Enjoy offseason free agency for the NFL. Enjoy training camps for the NFL. 
and or excuse, off-season free agency for the NBA and uh, uh, training camps for the NFL. I'll be back next week. We'll talk about how where LeBron James is going and how everything is shaking out for the NBA. Enjoy this weekend. Take it easy. Bye-bye.